Welcome to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast with Caroline Blair and Chris Patterson. Joining us today, uh, well, it's, it's your former teammate, uh, Mossy. It's Edinburgh head coach, Mike Blair. Good to have you on, Mike. Uh, how many years did you chaps play together? I mean, how long have you known each other? Um, well, hello all first. Um, <laughs> Silence on the 2001, mic. I think, Moss. Yeah, 2001, I think, yeah. Because um, uh, you, you came in before you were a pro, though, didn't you? I think, did you start yeah. in a professional 2002? But Yeah, I, I, um, I came in and, and Todd Blackadder was um, there at the time and I was playing at Barmuir. And we had, for one, some reason, we had an ev- there was an evening training session and I came along because I was kind of the third scrum half. But no one gave me any kit or anything, so I had my Barmuir kit on. <laughs> Um, and I was training, and I remember about um, two or three months later, Todd Blackadder said to me that night, he said, I thought it was a competition winner. So he didn't have the, he's like, yeah, he's, he's all right for a, for a competition winner. And then I think it was on the bench about three <laughs> three weeks later. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been 2001, and then I signed 2002, but we went on the, um, we went on the tour, didn't we, to Canada and America. Yeah. That was, was that uh, your first cap? Uh, that was my first cat, and oh, I remember Mossy because right, yeah. yeah. Mossy, you don't um, you obviously don't drink at all. But I remember we um, we had a, at the end of the tour, we oh, had yeah. a kind of not a court session, but a kind of you know a, a, a social. And I didn't know that Mossy didn't drink, and uh, you know there's a bit of um, raucous goings on and, and what have you. And then at the corner of my eye, I, I caught Mossy trying to surf an ironing board. <laughs> And I was like, he's hammered. He's, he's all over the place. Um, and then someone's like, he doesn't drink. Is that, oh. So it's clearly a forfeit. I remember that. It was a, well, I can't remember surfing a, an iron board. I was maybe trying to jump it. But um, it was a, because we'd, uh, it was a final game, wasn't it, in San Francisco? And then our yeah. hotel was in the San Francisco airport hotel. I think we were flying out the next again morning. And the airport hotel was just miles away from anywhere. So we had to make our own fun. Um, yeah. I remember as well. It's this is going to sound really boring because people probably think that like having fun is actually having fun. But I think as well as a challenge, I had about four or five Swiss balls, the big, massive, inflatable Swiss balls, like lined <laughs> up, and there was a chance to see who could dive and stay on. You know, like that kind of total wipeout thing where you run across the top of them. We were diving <laughs> yeah. along five of them, trying to get a whole room with five. It was, like, it was like a caterpillar, wasn't it? I, you bounce from one to the next. I try oh. to do the whole lot. Times have changed. Eh? That used yeah, to be good our, times. That used to be our, uh, our entertainment. Now we're really born and old folk just talking about it. But uh, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll be happy, Mike. Um, maybe I think you'll be happy. I, I think you should be happy in terms of where Edinburgh are at the moment. Obviously, the last two games, nine league points from two away games is, a, is an excellent return. Takes you up to fifth in the league. Um, you know, not, not a perfect start in the first block, but a lot to, to be proud and happy about sitting in fifth. As I say, the only teams above you are the four semi-finalists from last year. You go into a little you know, two or three week break now that you can you know, work and stuff. But how happy are you, firstly, with where you are in the league? And then we'll, we'll talk about the game on, on Sunday uh, against Cardiff. It was an excellent result. At this um, stage of the season, I talked about it last year as well, about how important your league placing at the moment actually is. Mm-hmm. Because you've seen already some games have been postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, there's very much a kind of wave of the the type of opposition you're playing against, the home games, the away games. And last year, I think we were 
we were top of the table after, I don't know, maybe seven, seven, eight weeks. And it was that same kind of rhetoric about, oh, you're top of the team. And it's like, well, we, we are, yes, but we've got six away games out of seven over, over Christmas. So things tend to tend to rebalance themselves a little bit. I think on reflection, I'm I'm pleased with with what we've been doing. I think we've we've played well over the seven games. We've been frustrated as well because we've we've played well, and even though you look back and the, the points were on, I think we're we're fairly comfortable with that. You know, it's the, it's the equivalent of uh, kind of five wins and two bonus points out of seven games, which you you'd, you'd kind of take. Um, but also, it, it's that period where you look back and you you start giving the what ifs. And you know, the the Bulls game that was within our control with with five minutes to go, despite you know, some brilliant play to get back into the game after having been 15-0 down. Um, and then the Lions game, again, we played really well, but for that last kind of uh, 10 minutes where we, we we could have, should have been been more dominant. So so I want to be really positive about what we've done because there's there's loads of good bits to talk about. The integration, 41 players have, have played for us over the seven games, which is something that's really important for, for me that we, we continue to, to give players opportunities um, to show what they can do. But... Um, yeah, just a little bit. Me, we, we could be, we could have a few more points. Is that not the nature of the league? I totally agree. Um, but it's almost the nature of the league. And any head coach, any team could be saying that as well. I think mm-hmm. now it's great to get the points in the bag, and I, and I totally agree. And that's why I can point to the last two games almost being the barometer of how happy you are because you're right, you had three losses in a row all against South African opposition. Um, <clears throat> and that's the, the kind of opposite of what you're saying, isn't it? Actually, maybe does our league position really justify what we've given in each of those games and you never know until the end point. But the the nature of the, the away games, how difficult they are, how difficult the home games can be, how many changes there'll be in and around the, the squad you play, it is a, it's unpredictable really, isn't it, the, the URC? Yeah, and 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 I think it's a really strong competition as well. Yeah. You, you see what what Dragons are doing now, and I've been to uh, Simon Cross, the Dragons defense coach, is was one of my best friends, and speak to him about it, and and he said there's just a a buzz about Dragons at the moment. And I was saying how pleased I was we we got them in the first game of the season, mm. and there's, yeah. there's a there's a real belief about what they're doing. I think um, it's Di Flanagan who's who's taken over as head coach there. And, he sounds um he sounds really similar to me in, in how he's tried to go about things. He's mm-hmm. he's tried to um you know give the give the players responsibility, tried to uh, make them enjoy coming into work and um and I think that that gets a bounce and and, and they're doing doing really well now. And Zebra obviously their first five games, I think they got five or first four games they've got four losing bonus points. Yeah. Um you know, I, I I do believe the strength of this this league is 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 very good. Um, you know, you, you just look at the South African teams and the Irish team for for starters, real strength. But then Benetton have, have come on a huge amount this year as well. They're gonna they're gonna challenge. Um and, and the Welsh teams, I, I believe the Welsh teams are too strong to yeah. not, the, the Welsh squad, sorry, are too strong to not come back into this league. So that I think it's it's brilliant. As you say, Marcy, there will be games where we'll be like, oh, we'd let that one slip, but there'll also be games where we say, Whew, you know, we 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 did well to come out with that one. Speaking about speaking about that, then I mean, looking at the Cardiff game at the weekend, you had your your new signing Wes Goosen. You you were blooding young Cami Scott. Uh, you had your your you know, he's a former ball boy boyhood club. You had a twenty year old hooker coming on Patrick Harrison. I mean, when you're looking at that game, 
not just the result, the success of it. I guess from a squad perspective, what we're seeing here is that you are without 18 or so of your internationals and without your injured players and and actually you had a really a really good day at the office yeah and 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 this was something that was really important to us last season as well and and it was it was probably easier to do last year because not not that we had a shot to nothing but there was the the expectation probably at the start of last season was was less um you know with a with a new coach coming in trying to do something different you you get a little bit of a grace period i think and so in around that, it was important for, for me to, to say, look, I, I don't have any preconceived ideas. I want to give guys an opportunity to show what they can do. And I think that was really good for the group. It meant that, that people were engaged week to week. It meant they always thought they had an opportunity to play, um, which raised standards in training, which raised kind of the, the overall standards of, of what we're trying to do. Th- this season, it's, it's been a little bit harder and will be a little bit harder because we're in the Challenge Cup. So, yeah, we're, sorry, we were in the Challenge Cup last year, so we could blood some guys. We're in the Champions Cup now, so we're going to be going full full strength with them. But also what the guys have shown over the last two weeks is that they're really capable and really capable of playing good rugby. And we, we've tried to give them time off the bench or time in Super 6 where they're actually ready to go. I remember speaking to Luan, Luan de Bruyne about um, playing for the Southern Knights and, and he was he was a little bit you know I'm a, I'm a senior player I'm you know kind of important for you guys you know should I be should I really be playing for the Southern Knights and I said I said yes like it, it raises the standard of the the super six stuff but it also gives him a chance to to blow away the cobwebs you know I, I watched the game obviously and spoke to him afterwards and said oh how was it they said, oh, you know, gave away a couple of stupid penalties, but, you know, that's them out of the system now and um, I'm good. <laughs> and that and that justifies the, the reason for doing it, but it also, you know, hits home about how and when you integrate players in. Because when they come in, we expect them to perform. We don't expect them to take two games to, to get ready or two games to you know, make smarter decisions around breakdowns and, and when we're, whether we're giving penalties away or not. So I think that the last two games have shown we've got we've got the ability to to step in and and uh, and do, do well. So you know I, I want to create lots of competition at the club and and I'd love to be in a situation where I'm saying, you know, when I guys come back from from November and saying, look, you, you played really well while you've been away, guys, but Actually, the guys we've had have, have done a, a brilliant job and I want to keep going with them. So turn it around and create even more more competition and uh, and drive within the, the individual players. Your first game back after break, it's away in Benetton, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. It's, that would be three away games in, in a row. You've just had two, a third one. Um, Clocking up there, Miles. <laughs> yeah, I know. Quinn, uh, so that is the week after the Argentina game, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, how will you keep the players fit and sharp between between now and then? Without, uh, you know, we yeah. need to rest them, but obviously there's no competitive fixtures in the, in that window. Yeah. So we've got um, because it was a Sunday game um, against Cardiff. We've given the guys Monday to Monday off. Yeah. Um, so a few are, few are going away to Tenerife or Spain. We've got uh, Boan and Henry Emmelman are going back to South Africa. It's Boan's wedding, um, so he's going back for that. 
Um, and then we'll come in uh, next Tuesday. We're training Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, looking at, um, you know, re reintroducing ourselves back into our, our skill work, our conditioning work. We probably want that first week to be pretty tough mm -hmm. um, and, and get through a lot of work. And then we've got um, training the Monday, Tuesday, and we've got a hit out game on Thursday, just to kind of behind closed doors kind of um, hit out game then. And then that takes us into game week the following week. week. So yeah. it's, it's, it's different, different teams will do it different. I know Glasgow have got um, two weeks straight off, mm -hmm. um, which is a, as a player, I think that's, that's great. Um, you know, I'm sure they're given work to do while they're away. But my my feeling is we'll get we'll get a week here. We'll be back in. Um, the guys will, will, will go off to the Six Nations again um, in February. We've got two similar blocks of of time off in in February and March um, during those um, during those Six Nations games. So my my feeling is we get a week here, a week potentially in February, a week potentially in March, and then there's quite a nice balance of not detraining too much. You know, I. I hope that what we do in training, the, the guys actually enjoy being in. You know, we'll we'll try and do a couple of fun things in there as well, and things that I might find fun, but the players might not. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think they enjoy each other's company, and and I think being in and uh, and working hard in our game, I think is a is a positive. So we want to keep pushing that. There's a real feeling of that, I think, in all aspects of the club. I mean, speaking as a fan's perspective, Mike, one of the things that we've touched on quite a bit is. Is is the 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 link between the dam health and the BT Murrayfield? I mean, I, I like to think of it. I, I say to my son, it's it's the drawbridge, you know, the castle theme in mind. It's and the players are coming through there. That connection that you have with the fans from the fans' perspective at the dam health that's a massive part of that experience, um, and a way to link with your players. What do you feel that that space is like in terms of how it works for you, and also generally around the culture of the club now that you're into your second season? Yeah, well, yeah, a, a few things on that. Um, we, we love, we love the damn health. We we love playing there. Um, it's funny we've. I don't think we've played a game with a wet ball yet, mm -hmm. but probably all those home games there's been rain. You know, the day before or the day of, but because of how quickly the pitch dries up, the wind, um, you get a dry ball, and that's that's brilliant for us. That's brilliant for what we're trying to do, but. You know, even the the Scotland Australia game on Saturday, I believe, had that been played on the damn health, it would have been a dry ball. But you're playing on Murrayfield, and not a huge amount of sunlight gets in there at this time of the year. The wind doesn't get in as much, so it doesn't dry up the the ground, and then you end up playing with a, a really slippy ball. So, so we love the dry ball, the the damn health, the the kind of um the walk between the damn health and 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 BT Murrayfield or the or the changing rooms. Is is just brilliant, and it and it's you know I I didn't do anything to create that 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 was the the players doing it, the players spend spending time um, with the kids, um, you know signing autographs, chatting to them. We we played uh, which is what was the last home game? Uh, Benetton. Benetton, yeah. And, <clears throat> and I did um, I did three bits of media after the game on on the pitch. Um, I watched Caroline, your your son Hunter, kicking the ball around with um, Emiliano on the pitch. <laughs> you know, chat to a few people. So it had been about twenty minutes after the game had finished. 
And then I walked through from, from the Dam Health to um to the changing room. And Darcy was still there, Blair was still there, Duane was still there, Scoomy was still there. And you know, it just seemed that that they enjoyed interacting and spending time with the um with the fans. And that made me made me really proud. It wasn't something I said, you know, we've got to do this. It's it's just it's there's some good people at the club. And and one of my strap lines, I guess, right at the start, my, my very first introduction speech was, you know, um good people make good culture. And I know, I know, I know for a lot of um, you know, readers out there or big you know, guys who go into that and look culture in loads of depth, they'll be like, you can't just say that. But I I do believe that good people makes makes good culture and and um good behaviors are contagious. Um so so the more good people you've got, the, the easier it actually is to um create create a good club feel. Well if people if people doubt that, get them to prove that they're wrong. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I would say. If if you think there's people who who read it yeah. and study it and understand it like that, you can't be wrong in that. And it it it's it's fact. It's 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 there, and everybody sees that from our side as well. From our opinion, like being at the games, or you're working at the games, or a fan at the games, and and just seeing you see that as well. And it's it's not forced. So, big part of the it's a big part of the club. And um, but you, but you, you need to. And I know I'm kind of contradicting myself here a little bit, but you need to keep working on it or, or yeah. being aware of it. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't just happen. You need to create scenarios or events or variation in, in what you're doing to allow the guys to to get together and have space and, and have opportunities to do things um together to create the 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 club feel as well. You know, with some of our former players come back in we we use them for promotional videos for um match ball presentations um you know they can they can come get get uh get tickets for the games there's a the room set aside for them for the 1872 cup games so we do try and create situations for them to socialize and 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 show them best selves off i, I guess Putting your your former Scotland attack coach um, hat on now, now Mike, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts about about the game on Saturday. You mentioned briefly, isn't that interesting about about the dry ball? Uh, you know, had it had it perhaps been in a, in a damn health type type environment. But what was your what was your assessment? Uh, and thinking about your your own players as well and their contributions. Yeah, I mean, what was fifteen six, wasn't it? With with twenty minutes to go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm now thinking of our game against Lions and, you know, it's potentially a similar kind of scenario where I thought um, Scotland, Scotland were on top. They'd, they'd managed the game well, put themselves into, into a really good, strong position. Um, but one, one thing we, we talked about um, with Edinburgh is, is being in the moment and understanding that... Um, every decision you make could be the difference between winning and losing a game. So not just, not just drifting uh, in a game, always being switched on. Um, another thing, Mossy, we were talking about yesterday, we talk about confirmation communication. Mm -hmm. So you're actually confirming what you're, what you're seeing or calls that are being made. The, 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 I guess it would be the, the small talk element of it, 
So during play, you're meeting. Say again. During play, you're meeting. Can yeah, you elaborate a bit? Yeah. So so for for example, you know you're you're defending a mall, or you're about to defend a mall, and it's a it's a part of the you know it's around the halfway line. So if you give away a penalty, you're conceding a kick into your own twenty-two, and and going into that, you know, small talk about you know. Remember, remember to the lifters. Don't don't throw me across. We don't want to give any any penalties here. Mm-hmm. You know, that had happened saying. already in the game, actually. Was that that had happened twice already in the yeah. game? Yeah, it's it's but but these that confirmation communication. Another example would be uh, when Australia went to kick the ball to touch and missed touch, and there was a bit of confusion between Ollie Smith and and Duan, and and it looked like Duan kind of moved towards the ball and then wasn't too sure but in in around that being in the moment it it's either duan shouting mine and and ollie smith shouting you've got it duan you've got it keep it in keep it in mm-hmm. or or it's saying as the ball's in the air duan have you got it have you got it yes i've got it um or ball's missing touch you know th- these kind of the bits that those parts of communication that it, it might still, the ball might still gusted and, and avoided them and, and hit the, and, and gone out for the line out. But what you've got to try and do in these, I guess, kind of um, results, the, 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 the big bits around where the result's going to go is actually over communicating and being really yeah. concise about what's happening rather than just happening and going, Oh, you know, for example, when, when, when Nick, Nick White hit the, the 22 dropout when he mm-hmm. skidded that along the ground and, and going out. Decent was there any chat at that stage of he's going to try and kick it out, like, you know, get, get people on the touch lines mm-hmm. or, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and, and maybe there was, but I, I believe that, you know, of course you're going to give away penalties. It's, it's not always a bad decision. It, it, it's, it can be through pressure. So at mm-hmm. scrum, you know, there's there's pressure on you. Sometimes you give away a penalty because of pressure, or you set up a really good mall, you give away a penalty. But it's the there's there's avoidable ones, I think, that you, you want to try and try and reduce. But I also so I'm rubbing on here. That's um, good. But the, the other interesting thing, and and it's a I'm not sure exactly the stat, maybe look at that after. But in the premiership, there was a stat about Actually, the more penalties you give away, the more likely you are to win the game. But obviously, that's in interesting. Around, but but in around <clears throat> that, okay. So what what does that look like then? Okay, that might be on your own try line. You give away seven penalties, yeah, and then they end up kicking the points and and kick three points. It's not you know you're five meters from their line out from from their line, sorry, and you concede a penalty. Then you concede another one for back chat. Then the kit to the line out, and and you suddenly stack them like that. Yeah. There'll be times when it's good to give away penalties, and other times where you've just got to stay really focused and and understand that actually with the wet ball, this Australia side are going to struggle a little bit to, to to build the phases. So so trust the system, trust the defence, which I thought was was really good at times, and um, and make Australia have to work for their tries. That's um, that's actually the, the the trend in the game as well. I think from Saturday was those kind of consecutive penalties given away. There was one in the first half. I think there was four in a row uh, against Scotland. Uh, I think starting with Skewy's dive, and then there was 
one at the line out, another one at the line out. And before you know it, you've gone from a really good attack in shape on the opposition 22 to defend him. And I don't I don't think the penalty that Foley kicked just before halftime to win the lead came from that, but it was it was around that time. Um, so that game specifically, there were groups of penalties. And I always think the stat everybody looks at was the, the total number of penalties at the end of the 80 minutes. But what's more important is like how many were given away consecutively and the impact yeah. that can have on you. Another thing, just to back up exactly what you're saying, Mike, about the communications, there's, I've maybe oh, wow. mentioned this before, but there's the, the examples you've given there are kind of in terms of defence or discipline, but also attack. Like if if you call a play or a or a move or a whatever it is or your structure, how do I know if I'm calling it that the person outside me has heard me? Yeah. So I'm like, repeat it back. So if I call it, a, it's blue, we're calling it blue or a black or whatever the call is, make sure you, repl- you um, repeat it back to me and yeah. I know that you know it and you and I know that you've heard it. So that 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 confirmation communication is a nice a lovely term you've given it, Mike. But it is, it's just yeah. reinforcing that everybody's understanding the same thing. And yeah. I, but you can also do it as an individual, especially as a back three player, where you're for most of the game quite like nowhere near the ball. But you yeah. have to be engaged in the moment. So you have to be almost. You look if somebody put a player cam on you, who's he who's he talking to? But you, you're mm-hmm. effectively just commentating the game. So you're psychologically staying in the moment. So you don't get lazy or you don't miss yeah. an opportunity or you don't switch off when you shouldn't you're you're you're, you're talking to yourself effectively but it's so important but, but you need to practice that as well we, we, yeah. we do um we did lots of quarter pitch run throughs or jog throughs of our strike plays um and within that i, I get frustrated sometimes with us at edinburgh because you, it goes down to a kind of slow jog or a walk but then with that the the comms go down yeah and and the body language just drops a little bit and you kind of, you know, walk from one to the other. And I, I really trying to push over speaking in that bit. So, you know, as you say, Mossy, right, the call's blue. Blue, right, Dino, remember, we don't want to hit this, we want to hit this around 20 metres out. Yeah. Okay, who's who's um, who's in this breakdown? Seven and three, we're good. And you, you're confirming again. I know it seems like you're for the group, but you're actually saying it's, it's for your own benefit. Yeah. Um, you know, like the and we uh, we actually before the game against Cardiff, there are a couple of areas that we and it, it didn't work perfectly, but we, we were up at Orem, we're in an indoor session, and and we're talking about you know what happens if we concede a score or what happens if there's a there's a break in play, how are we going to manage that time? So so I'd, at the end of the session, I I kind of put that scenario and said right. Um, their, their second row has gone down injured. You're 10 minutes into the game, we're 5 0 up. Mm-hmm. You know, go. And and almost practice that, you know. And, and Luke Crosby, he didn't understand what I was on about. So it wasn't as smooth. But he then picked up what I was what I was <laughs> talking about. He's like, right, fellas, in, in we come. Uh-huh. Take a minute. Uh, you know, take take a take a breath. So, you know, kind of re recenter yourself. And then he'd speak to the attack leader or the defense leader to say what the key points are. He'd reiterate those points and then say, right, what's the next thing we're going to do in the game? So it might be a kickoff receipt or something, right? What we're going to do from this kickoff receipt? What's important? Well, we need to work hard back into positions. Like practicing those little bits. And the other bit we practiced was the the calling mechanism. So we've we've got a penalty. We're kicking the ball to touch. Right. How does that calling mechanism work where the 10's kicking for touch, but he's also making the strike call? Mm-hmm. He's got to speak to the the line out caller, 
who's got to make the, the right call, then that call's got to go to the hooker who's already going up to get the ball to throw in. So again, it was a little bit fake, but you trying do to it. talk through that that process. And so when the game comes, it's not actually the first time you've done it. From from a fan's perspective, it's interesting as well to hear the level of communication that can be achieved. So I'm immediately thinking of of the BT Murrayfield, the bowl, the space. You've got 167,144 fans in there. What sorry, thank you. Give or give or take. (laughs) Um, The the level of communication that you're saying that you that can be achieved. I mean, you've both been there as players, fullback, scrum half. Is that is that a sound that doesn't carry down below a certain height? What's that? What are the capabilities? What do you mean, sorry? So so from the player's perspective, having that communication and the and the and the conversations travelling across the pitch, what is that like against the sound backdrop of BT oh, Murrayfield Stadium? You get your different times to do it, don't yeah. you? So if there's an injury, it's easy because you huddle up and you've got 15 people in there and and it and it's easy. The the ones as I explained there, the one when you're kicking to touch, that's a little bit harder because you know most of your wingers are on the far side of the pitch. Your nines and tens are kind of together. Your hookers already moved off. So you, that, that confirmation communication of that is is really important. Um, but it's yeah, easier we, when the ball's out of play, isn't it? Like when yeah. the ball's out of play, in it's, a a chat, mm-hmm. it's a chat between a couple of players. When the ball's in play, A, it's too late, and B, you've not got any chance of hearing it. So then your non-verbal stuff comes in, whether it's yeah. hand signal or whether it's you know your arms or whatever you do, and you'll have kind of codes as to what you're looking for, what. Yeah, you're going to go wide with the ball. There'll be a, a different hand placement, or if you're going to kick it, your hands up near whatever it is. But when the ball, that's where like having a real clear plan before you go in becomes really important because your opportunity to make the call to understand the call is sometimes seconds, and then your phase could land last up to three four minutes. Mm. Whereas that communication, other than the person right next to you, you're not going to hear. So um, that's that, and I suppose that's, that's why you trade. Yeah. Cl- clarity of thoughts really important as well you know we we meet with our we'd come our game our game drivers so our, our hookers our second rows who are generally the line out callers our vice captains and our nine and ten so it'd usually be about 10 12 12 people and talk through you know what's the what's the likely first play here mm-hmm. and then also try and talk through different scenarios so if it's raining what's the likely first play if we're playing into the wind what's the likely first play these these kind of bits and I do believe some of that comes with with experience. So so <coughs> Charlie Savala, I think he's got he's got much better at it. I think there's there's more growth in him. It's something that that Blair's done well. He'll have a, a strong idea of what he wants to do against that opposition, and we'll discuss that. And he said, you know, it could be the five man we're going with, but there's a possibility we'll look to drive early on as well. So there's a little bit of understanding already which allows you to get a bit of tempo in your lineouts, And it, it's something that, that we've been a little bit sluggish at is that, you know, you get a penalty, you kick it to touch, you're jogging in, you're, you're in and you're away. Mm-hmm. So that that's an area of growth for us as well. But there's so much kind of stuff that, that goes on um, to, to try and make things slick. We've got Final- on to the subject of the game, though, Carlin, haven't we? I know, I know. I was just about to say, I'm I, I just bringing it's all it good stuff. It's all great, Michael. <laughs> it's gold. I mean, I feel like we've got the makings of your coaching manual and your book here, Michael. <laughs> 
briefly going back to that Scotland game, have you have you had a chance to catch up with Blair this week? Yeah, um, I went up to training yesterday up at Orem. Uh, Mossy was laughing at me because we got the week off, and the first thing I do the week off is go and watch Scotland training. I was saying he sent me a text. Yeah, I'm going to wait. You're off. But um, <laughs> yeah, you're getting but, away. And, you're and, getting away shortly. But that, that's important, and and I can say just even kind of as soon as you be there, that the infectious kind of relationship, not only for the Scottish players, the, the, the Edinburgh players, but all the Scotland players. It was it was a welcome. It was it was a welcome. It, it's it it. I think it's an important thing for me to do. I, I think we've got a good relationship with the with the Scottish coaches. Um, the Scottish coaches come and watch our stuff. I come down to see if there's anything. Um, anything new uh, that Scotland doing any of our plays that they're going to steal and score off against <laughs> Australia. Um, um, but, uh, but also supporting our players because, you know, they've not been with us for a couple of weeks. You know, I'll, I'll send them all a message before the game, you know, wishing them, wishing them luck or, but, but it's good that, that they know that I'm interested in what they're doing and how they're getting on. Um, and I'd re- really enjoy the session Yes, it's a bit frustrating that it was outside because I was, I was hoping for an indoor um, indoor session to, to watch. Um, but it was, um, yeah, what was your question, sir? It's good to catch up with the players. And checking in with Blair. How was is, how is he after yes, the game? Blair. Yeah, because we saw Blair... some excellent footballing from, from Blair. I mean, it culminated in, in his a uh, cracking try for himself. He was setting up them here, there and everywhere. So, so how, how was he after the game? Yeah, I've, I've been really vocal about how, um, how good Blair is for us. Um, how you know I've mentioned it already about how um what clarity he's got in terms of what we're we're trying to do at Edinburgh, the the calling systems, what what he wants to do, how he can impose himself, but how he can get the best out of the players around him. And and I believe what we, we saw on, on Saturday against Australia was uh, was getting there towards what we've we've seen with Edinburgh. The, the the layman might not see the the detail and the and the skill in how he laid on the try for Ollie Smith. Uh, the timing of timing. his run, the timing is running behind, the little pump of the ball to bring the outside defender up, the, the soft hands to make it an easy uh, catch for for all it have. That that is that standoff play and creative play is is very best. And then you saw the other side of it with with the try, with the the raw pace, the the I guess the footballing ability to um, to keep the ball on his toe, hit it exactly the right the right weight um was was outstanding so i i, I believe he the um he maneuvered the players around really well had some some excellent wide passing um to to give the outside backs an opportunity so i i, I was i was really pleased for for blair the uh, the big thing was that you know to a lot of people was the final kick the the kick that missed and i spoke to him immediately after he came right up to well an hour or so later on uh and he knew exactly what he'd done wrong, um, which I think is a really, uh, a really important thing. As soon as he did it, he knew because if you're you're going to be in that situation again, so if you don't know what to put right, it's a much much more difficult situation to be in. But he, he knew right away what he what he'd done wrong. Fine tuned, really really narrow margin, fine tuning and and uh, one or two things. But um, and, and he'll uh, he'll wear that one. He's... Yeah, his 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 reaction to it. Is, is great because he knew right away and being able to put right what he did wrong yeah. in the last two or three days ha- has been excellent and he, he, you know, goal kickers 
believe it or not, you want that opportunity to come round as quick as possible again. You don't, mm. you know, if you get an opportunity like that with a, with a last kick or a, you know, whatever it is, a last kick of the game or a, the last opportunity to win, he, he'll actually, the way the goal kickers work, he'll want that situation in the game. And it might not come again for yeah. months or years, but you want it because you want to confirm that you can get it right next time. Mike, thanks so, so much for your detail today, for your insight, uh, mm-hmm. for, for, for sharing all your thoughts and for your time. More importantly, you're, well, you're holding them late. back from I'm his holiday, Carly. I'm going to be late for my glamping on my... What, <laughs> what do we say it was called? It's not glamping. It's... Um, yeah, it's a hotel, Mike. It's a hotel. No, it's not a hotel. <laughs> I've it's, seen the it, link. <laughs> it's a lookout hut or something. <laughs> you're selling it. I, th- I think the key thing here is that hopefully your 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 good lady's taking you somewhere with no Wi-Fi and no phone communication. There is no Wi-Fi. Hours. There is no Wi-Fi. <laughs> so we've we've downloaded twenty four episodes of something. Um, there's a car it's engine wooden running. Bath. Wooden bath. Wooden bath. Class. A wooden bath. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Is the car engine running at the moment? Like, um, I actually don't know. Um, or maybe she's left. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind speaking for a bit longer because it means that Viv's will have all the bags packed by the time I finished. On that note, I, right, I'm, go. I'm going to do a woman a favour. Uh, Mike Blair, thank you very much indeed for all your right, time. Mike. Cheers, guys. Really interesting chat with Mike there, and 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 also taking into the context of looking ahead, I guess, to this this weekend's encounter with Fiji. Yeah, like you, you can um, first thing to. Yeah, we know Mike well. He's been in the podcast a lot of, been a mate for twenty odd years, or teammates for twenty odd years. And he's got a warm personality. So never mind the the brilliant analytical mind, the technical mind, the the ability to see technique or technical improvements in all positions across the field. Like actually take away the coach part of it. Just his personality is is really infectious and warm. Um, and. I was said it time and time again, but I love how he's never changed since mm. he's been given a, a head coaching role. He, he's truly just being himself. Um, it can get emotional at times, obviously, and, and you know highs and lows. But again, that's him. He's never head away from. It. I, I think his his interviews pre and post match are brilliant. Um, I mean, is it the honesty and yeah, even saying things. I mean, how he's spoken two or three things there. It's like uh, he's just it, it's just genuinely honest and warm um, and then you add the coaching element to it he, he speaks about fun he speaks about enjoyment you can hear the hard edge of how he challenges players coming through as well you can hear he spoke openly about the growth he sees in some players and then into the nitty gritty I know um, we probably spoke a bit long the, the pair of us about a simple thing around communication I mean, you, it's you'll, massive though when you explained it you'll read, it, the way you'll read to, screeds and screeds and screeds of report, analysis, opinion, and you'll see this word communication time and time again, but what does it actually mean? And there's, you know, we, the three of us have had maybe 15 minutes just around one or two little bits of communication. It's a massive topic. So when it's kind of thrown about, as oh, your communication has to be good. These are the little types of examples and details that you have to think about, practice, enforce, so your communication is good. Um, so and that, I suppose, is an insight into how much work and how much time it takes in order to prepare teams, not just for one week, but for a season. Um, and yes, you learn them as you go on. The techniques Mike and I are talking about as experienced players, you know you have to commentate through the game. You know you have to make use of the seven or eight seconds you've got when the ball's out of play and you're setting up a line out, whatever it is. But everybody else your team doesn't because 
everybody else in the team doesn't have the same level of experience as you do. And just as when I came in as a young player, I didn't have the level of experience that Gregor Townsend or Gary Armstrong or, or the experienced players that I played with when I first started had. So it's not as if there's a level of, uh, an equal level of experience across your team. So it's always evolving. You always have to work in it. And that'll change week to week because the personnel will change week to week. So there's just one little bit. You think, why Why are the players always switched on? Why are they, well, Why do they sometimes get things wrong? There's a massive volume of information that you have to get right. And that's heightened international rugby. I think it's really interesting as well hearing the impact that the presence, you know, say of Mike, for example, here has in the Scotland camp during the weeks now you you also I've seen that myself with you when I was watching from a distance a few weeks weeks ago Mossy you know that the presence that you have there there's a there's there's almost a um, I don't. I don't actually know what the word is here. You might be able to help me with it, but there's, there's like a, they're, they're drawn towards. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't want to say no. They're, they're drawn towards um, what is clearly a, a very experienced but very calm, uh, you know, individual there. And and when he's in camp earlier in the week uh, with yourself as well. It must be it must be reassuring for the players on the back of a defeat that there's people in there, including Gregor, who've been there before. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's um, it's part of your role, obviously, but it's yeah, yeah. I think I mean everybody does it in every club and every team. You can look to somebody else now, whether it's for a part in the back or whether it's for your opinion on something, or and it is quite independent because you know we we're, we're absolutely part of the the organisation but like you, you can get an independent view and there's so many grey areas there's so many different bits and pieces so so when the players ask you what do you think of this or what could have done better or do you you know we we thought we could have kicked more kicked less passed earlier we should have kicked a goal we should have whatever they'll ask your opinion and it's not to say your opinion's right it's just to say that actually they'll as players you collate as much information as you can in order to learn to pick up something new um, I was talking and about and they do this. want to hear it well, yeah, most of the time, yeah, sometimes. I, I mean, I was talking about this about um, Kyle Steen, for example. Kyle is obviously captain at Glasgow, um, and he, uh, and Al and I had a, a kind of conversation, and Al says, oh, Steen wants to get in touch about one or two things uh, around captaincy from the back three, something that you've done being a captain for fullback. And I'm not going to tell Kyle Steen how to be captain, but there's little things, and little things like, like an example of I can remember playing two or three times and it was Ron Nagara and the opposite team I don't know if I said it before if he knew I was captain and the referee called me over to have a chat he and they had the penalty he would immediately just watch me and I could see him watching me because oh. he would just like push his winger or his fullback <laughs> go wide go wide and as soon as the referee I would have to walk over to the other side of the pitch have a word with the referee and the referee would say, right, okay, whatever it is, there's too many penalties. And then I would have to sprint flat out to get back to the position because I knew mm. as soon as the referee said, right, time's back on, Roger was going to kick it to the, he was going to cross kick it to where I would be. <laughs> so these little bits of experience as captain of the back three, I think are real, but it's not something that's at the forefront of your mind. It's not something that's going to change your captaincy, but it's something to be aware of that actually, if you're going to see the referee, make sure you say to your right winger, drop back, cover that space because I'm, you know, I have to go and speak to the ref. And you've and, saved him two seasons by sharing that experience. You've shared well, him two. It saved him two seasons of learning the hard way. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, well, I learned the hard way. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and these little things, I think, players they, they want to improve. They want to get better. They want to share, you know, information. They want to ask you different questions, and they don't always agree. But I think it's it's just what you do as a player, and that'll happen in the club land. It'll happen on your bus to the ground where you're senior, experienced players in club land. Uh, yeah, it'll happen 
you know, at all levels of the game. And I think it's it's just it's just really important that you support the, the players as much as possible. Well, let's stick with Glasgow then. Uh, 37-0, I mean, uh, at home to Benetton on Friday night. That's that's as a result. Great win. Really good. Yeah. Um, some really good individual performances. Uh, a real good atmosphere around the game. It could Arguably, it could have been more. Um, one or two opportunities missed, but I, I think it was a pretty accurate score, uh, in all honesty. Villani, with a couple of tries, his first one was, was brilliant in mm. terms of the dummy for uh, in the 60-metre sprint. Um, Rufus is uh, we felt a bit sorry we were commentating Rufus McLean's try I think he I, I don't know if the ball was bubbling and bouncing and he said he stepped <laughs> over and nutmegged himself but he did pick up and score and it was, it was great to see that so um, good win needed it um, Glasgow and, and they go into the break um, in seventh position in the league so, so both Scottish teams in the, in the playoff spots the top eight at the first break away to the top of the table Leinster at the end of November though that's that, that'll be a tough trip when you've got yeah. a, a challenging away record, but it will be one I'm sure that they'll they'll be marking that, won't they? They they want this. Well, they've had success before. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think they're one of the teams that've had relative success recently, or, or, or uh, away in Leinster. I think it was two three years ago the one over there. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll have to get the game right. Leinster are so strong, we know that. But uh, Glasgow, are, are, yeah, definitely taking shape, and that's a big thing, isn't it? It's a big step. We spoke to Franco about it as well. Just he's aware of what needs to be done and and how big the challenge is to to get the form that they show at Scotson um, replicated on the road. And as Fosrock Super 6 finals go, uh, Mossy, <laughs> I mean, that one had all the ingredients, didn't it? <laughs> Incredible. What right? um, oh, a game of rugby. Uh, brilliant. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I don't want this to sound like patronising or not, but it's like, it's amazing what a final does. Like, I genuinely think the occasion, and I mean, I've watched pretty much every game with the Fosrock Super 6. I've been at a, a lot of the games. I've certainly watched the ones I've not been at on, on, on replay, on cat, on the on the analysis. And I saw so many players play probably above where I thought their level of performance was in one game. That was utterly outstanding. The intensity, the physicality, the speed. And it, I think it's the occasion of a final, but it's brilliant that A, they can know they can play like that as individuals and as teams um, and B the fact that they'll want to do that again they'll raise a standard I mean it's 24 all after you know regular time yeah. obviously well Torrens went on to win the and in, in overtime I mean how air start air started like just completely flat out the level of physicality the the speed the intensity they struggled with one or two injuries like they, they'd really Disrupted, injured. Andy Stirrett went off first. He, who was who was brilliant, and they had to reshuffle the battling for the last 15, 20 minutes plus extra time. I, I, I was even struggling to figure out who was playing where. Mm. Uh, Jordi Lanac was playing about four different positions at the same time. They had, <laughs> and still, they thought the last phase of playing regular time, I think, must have been about three and a half minutes long. Or Watsonians, you know, looking like they might break through and score in, in, in red time, but then obviously went to the extra time. So I thought that as a spectacle, but more importantly, as a, a a quality of performance, it was. It was brilliant. They had absolutely everything and, and Ayr just just didn't quite have enough by the time they got into the uh, extra time. And and even, that was quite funny, Mike mentioned there, he was looking, he was watching Scotland to see if they're stealing any of his moves. I think he, <laughs> I think he might steal what's on in his, uh, They had a scum play that was the first try in extra time Lewis mm-hmm. Bear scored 
Um, I don't know if it was uh, Fred Pringle or Nicky Walker that came up with or one of the players at the club, but it wouldn't surprise me if maybe Mike steals that one as well. Because it, it was a, a nice move. <laughs> it, was a, it was a cracker, yeah. So, yeah, congratulations <laughs> to Walton. I think they've been the form team all the way through. Yeah. Air probably started a bit slower and then the rate of improvement really fired up. They've been the two best teams, uh, undoubtedly. Uh, and, yeah, congratulations to to Wotonans winning the, the Sprint Series and the Fosrock Super 6 Championship. A fitting end and what a showcase for the league. Well, don't forget you can watch highlights of the Fosrock Super 6 final and the Tenants Men's Premiership and National League as well, of course, on Scottish Rugby's YouTube channel. And keep up to date with the latest news and content on the social media channels too. All eyes are on Fiji this weekend. But Chris and I will be back next week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast looking ahead to New Zealand. We'll be right back. 